Good morning. I think Leanne's like, read my notes. How big is your God? He is. How big is your God and how much do you trust him? Most Christians, if asked that question, would be able to pull the right answer from the Bible. But my question today is not how big is God, but how big is your God? How big is he to you? How much do you trust him in your day to day? Our answer to that, if we're honest, normally differs with our circumstance. And depending what's going on, can be very different to what we might read in the Bible. So today we're going to take a few moments to right-size God, to remind ourselves just how big, loving, and awesome our God is, and the difference that having a big God makes in our lives. So to help with this, I have taken it upon myself to mathematically work out how big God is. So you're going to have to turn your math brains on for a little bit. When measuring something really big, we use light years. This is the distance you would cover if you traveled at the speed of light, which is roughly 670 million miles an hour, constantly for one year. For example, the known universe, which is the part of the universe that we can see with our telescopes, is about 93 billion light years across. That means traveling at 670 million miles an hour, it would take you 93 billion years to travel across it. The universe is really big, and that's just the bit we've discovered. Isaiah 40, verse 12 says, God measures the universe in the span of his hand. I've measured that the span of human hand is roughly 10% of your height. 1, 2, 3, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. And the Bible also tells us in Genesis 1 that God made us in his likeness. Taking a bit of a leap, but you could reasonably assume that if we're made in his likeness, God would be of similar proportions. So if we know the size of the visible universe is 93 billion light years across, and that's the same size as the span of God's hand, with simple maths, we can estimate how tall God is. Before anyone complains to the diocese about this dodgy theology, <laughs> I know God is infinite. But it's really difficult for us to put infinite into perspective. Ephesians 3 says God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. If you can imagine a big God, it's still not big enough. He's just too big and mind-blowing for us to even start to comprehend. The best of our pokey technology can only see 93 billion light years worth of the universe. We know our universe is way bigger. And the God who created it is a whole lot bigger still. He is truly unquantifiable. But if you're like me, you like statistics. So I've worked out this figure to at least help us try and grasp how incredible the God is that we serve. So this calculation would be the absolute mathematical minimum size that God could be. You ready? It's a big number, so I hope I say this right. Remember, this is the absolute smallest size that God could be. So to go from God's head to his toes, you would need to travel 5 quadrillion, 463,379 trillion, 553,137 billion and 200 million miles. 
And to do that, you would need to travel at 670 million miles an hour for 930 billion years. <laughs> Our God is massive. And if that wasn't amazing enough, the Bible tells us that as much as God is big, he is equally powerful, holy, good, loving, kind, compassionate, merciful, and faithful. I could go on. Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians 3 that we should try to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Well, now we know it's at least 5 quadrillion, 463,379 trillion, 553,137 billion and 200 million miles big. We serve a massive God. A massive God who in John 3 says because he loves you so much that he sent his only son, Jesus, to die on a cross, that you might not die but have everlasting life. We serve a massive God who in Matthew 11 says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. We serve a massive God who in Jeremiah 33 says, call to me and I will answer you. I will show you great and mighty things. There are so many verses I could read here. If you're a Christian, this is your God, the God we read about in the Bible, the God revealed to us by Jesus Christ, and the God whose spirit now lives in us. We serve a massive God. And he's not distant, unknown, or a mysterious being. The Bible tells us he's our Father. God loves you. We are his children. We can trust him with everything and anything. Nothing is too difficult for him. Nothing can ever separate you from his love. Our God is the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He is the same yesterday, today and forever. And the whole universe is declaring his glory. Jesus Christ is the King of kings and Lord of lords and his reign is never going to end. He created everything. He is sustaining everything. When Jesus returns, he is going to reconcile everything. On that day, there will be no question or doubt. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. How big is your God? How much do you trust him in your day to day? As you may know, over the summer, uh, the series is called Preacher's Favourites and we have been given an opportunity to choose our favourite Bible verse and to the topic for the sermon. I've chosen Psalm 3 for our reading, and it's a short psalm written by King David. David lived with a big God. He saw God move in incredible ways, but he also had more than his fair share of big problems, many of his own making. But this psalm is one of my favorites because it reveals something in his attitude that enables him to never let his situation or circumstance become bigger than his God. Or to put it this way, David refused to let his God become small. So the context of Psalm 3 is that his son Absalom had started a revolt. He'd overthrown David and Absalom had declared himself as king. And to finish off the coup, Absalom and his army were hunting down David to kill him. This situation was of David's own making. And as David writes, there seems to be little sign of hope. All his promises from God seemed to be unravelling. His circumstance had every potential to cause him to panic, to stop trusting God, to let his God become small. 
So let's see what he writes. If you've got a Bible, the church Bibles, it's on page 543. Psalm 3, a psalm of David when he fled his son Absalom. Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God won't deliver him. But you, Lord, you are my shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head high. I call out to the Lord and he answers me from his holy mountain. I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear, though tens of thousands assail me on every side. Arise, Lord. Deliver me, my God. Strike my enemies in the jaw. Break the teeth of the wicked. From the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessing be on your people. I love this psalm. There is so much we can learn from David's attitude. I love how he reacts to his situation. Instead of what you might consider a justified response of fear, doubt, panic, or, de- or desperation, he writes from a position of faith. He writes knowing he has a big God. And it's a genuine faith. He doesn't just sweep his problems under the carpet and pretend they're not there, or just put on a brave face faking it until it goes away. Instead, he fully acknowledges what's going on, but then he parks the problem for a moment and turns his focus back to God. How many are my foes, but you, Lord, are my shield around me. How many rise up against me, but I will not fear. Many are saying of me, God won't deliver me, but from you, Lord, comes my deliverance. This situation feels so big, but you, God, are five quadrillion, 463,379 trillion, 553,137 billion, and 200 million miles big. What a way to respond to the problem. I don't know about you, but I want to have a faith in God like David did. Unwavering. A faith based on who God is, not on what might be happening. To trust what the Bible says about God and not be swayed by what other people might say to the contrary. For my eyes to be so fixed on Jesus that everything else is always kept in his perspective. As Christians, we can live like that. We are called to have a big God and to keep everything else small. When you live with a big God, it doesn't mean you won't have problems, but it completely changes your experience as you walk through those problems. An example I'll never forget was before my dad died almost two years ago from throat cancer. I'm sure those that knew dad would agree with me that he could be described like King David was, a man after God's heart. He was by no means perfect, but he just loved Jesus. His life revolved around Jesus. His day-to-day was always framed by Jesus. It was incredible. Towards the end of his cancer journey, he couldn't really move or talk. But I remember... Sorry. I'd walk into the room that he was confined to, and he'd have his hands in the air, propped up on the chair, worshipping Jesus. Declaring God's goodness with a whisper, because that's all he had 
to give. While he was still able to talk, he'd tell anyone who went to visit him just how good God is. And he prayed to see God move in their lives and their situations. Even though cancer had taken so much, he refused to let it or anything become bigger than his God. There was no way he was letting anything get in the way of his relationship with Jesus. His situation didn't end how we were hoping, but he still journeyed his final year on earth experiencing fullness of life, peace, love, joy, hope, faith. His circumstance didn't matter because when you have a big God, you cannot lose. I don't know why dad wasn't healed, but I do know I am not going to let my God get small. I'm not going to let my disappointment of seemingly unanswered prayer become bigger than Jesus. I've got some questions, but I know God is good. I know I can trust him. I know he is able to do immeasurably more than all I ask or imagine. I know he is at least five quadrillion, four hundred sixty-three thousand, three hundred seventy-nine trillion, five hundred fifty-three thousand, one hundred thirty-seven billion, and two hundred million miles big. The next person that has a problem and asks for prayer, I'm going to pray, fully expecting to see God move and do something miraculous, because that's what I know Jesus does. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the oppressed are freed. Jesus was the exact representation of Father God. He said, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. That's why in Hebrews 12, we're told to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. This instruction doesn't come with any conditions. It doesn't say fix your eyes on Jesus when everything is going well or fix your eyes on Jesus when you feel like it. If we want to live with a big God, if we want to have a faith in God like David did, if we want to ensure we're not buffeted about by our circumstance, we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. Full stop. So let's do that for the next few minutes. We're going to watch a piece of media and listen to the words of Dr. J.M. Lockridge. He says it way better than I can as he helps us fix our eyes on Jesus, our King. The Bible says, My King is the King of the Jews. He's the King of Israel. He's the King of righteousness. He's the King of the ages. He's the King of heaven. He's the King of glory. He's the King of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him. My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the lofty. 
this idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He records the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a well-trained of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. else can I say? If you're a Christian this morning, that's your king. How well do you know him? Do you live each day with a Jesus like that? Don't leave Jesus at church on Sundays. Don't keep him in the background or in the peripheral of your life. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Make that decision every day. When life is good, fix your eyes on Jesus. Praise him for all the good things he has done. When you're in the toughest, hardest, most challenging moments, fix your eyes on Jesus. Don't let your circumstance steal your focus. Dig your heels in. Refuse to let your situation become bigger than he is. Refuse to let your God become small and just see how it changes your life. Church, I want to remind you today that whatever you are going through, our God is massive. He is at least five quadrillion, 463,379 trillion, 553,137 billion and 200 million miles big. And he is equally powerful, holy, good, loving, kind, compassionate, generous, merciful and faithful. He loves you. He cares about you, and you can trust him no matter what. 
As we sing the next few songs, the prayer team are going to be available in the area at the back. If today you feel like, man, yeah, I've let God get a bit small, please go to the area at the back. Someone will pray with you and remind you how big God is and help you refix your eyes on Jesus. And that invitation is open to all of us because we can never reach God's limit. If this is the first time that you've heard about the Christian God, about how big, loving and good he is, don't leave it there. Please also come to the prayer area. If you decide to live your life, the rest of your life with your eyes fixed on Jesus, that is the best decision you could ever make. And I promise you, your life will never be the same again. So whoever you are, my question today is how big is your God?